On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Nope, just kidding. Greg Matzik in for Matt on this frigid, frigid evening. Welcome in. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So happy to have you along here for the ride. We go till 9 o'clock tonight. And I am optimistic, ladies and gentlemen. I am optimistic. I come to you tonight on a very chilly evening, knowing that Brewers baseball is at the very least a little over a month away. Pitchers and catchers could report in February. At least that's what we hope. But we're not sure. But I am optimistic. The regular season will begin on time and as scheduled. Are you in the same boat as me? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. I am curious to know where you're at here. Anytime you get a labor stoppage, you you tend to think worst-case scenario. And especially when it comes to baseball, because we know the Players Association and the league, they just don't seem to get along very well. They have not played nice in the sandbox for a number of years. And all you have to do is go back to how things were handled during the pandemic and trying to figure out when would the season actually begin and what were the protocols, what was all the health and safety measures that had to be taken before the season began. What about traveling and on the road and all this stuff? It was a mess, and it was nothing more than a glimpse into what we're all experiencing right now. And that are two parties who are not getting together to talk about how to get this thing resolved and get a deal on the table, uh, but rather just sort of sitting there, right? It's kind of a he said, he said sort of game, back and forth, and uh, we're not any closer to a deal today than we were when the lockout began. Yet I remain optimistic that a deal will get done. Do you? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Feel free to shoot your responses on Twitter. Uh, I'm at GMatzik. Check our WTMJ feed as well. Greg Hill has got a simple poll question posted for you. Here's why I'm optimistic. I, I have never seen in Major League Baseball history a lockout lead to games being missed during the regular season. Now, this happened before, right? We, we've been through this lockout phase before and it's never pretty and again you start thinking the worst immediately and if you want to go all the way back to where it started it was 1973 and there was about a 17-day lockout but no games were missed Uh, in fact i don't think spring training was compromised that particular year in march of 1976 another 17-day lockout no games missed they got the season started on time in april February 15th through March 18th. This is 1990. They were talking about revenue sharing. There were problems with salary arbitration back and forth. The salary cap should there be one. That lockout lasted 32 games against, uh, excuse me, days, but no games were missed. So here we are again. Now, I realize these lockouts were much shorter than what we're experiencing right now. 17 days, half a month, right? 32 days, about a month. But now we're starting to get a little closer to when spring training begins, pitchers and catchers reporting, and nowhere closer to a deal are we today than we were when the lockout began. But what gives me optimism is the end phrase in each of the lockout situations that I mentioned. No games missed. It's a clear, clear path to starting the season on time, but it's going to be last minute. It's going to be because deadlines spur action, right? If that's, if that's the one phrase you can use to describe this lockout, that's the one I would require you to use. Deadlines spur action. It's January 6th. There is no deadline pressing. 
pitchers and catchers don't report as scheduled? Oh, well. Spring training games missed? Okay. Players don't get paid during spring training. They get paid when the regular season begins. I don't know if everybody knows that, but that's just kind of how it works in Major League Baseball. The deadline is toward the end of March, when the regular season is scheduled to begin. Now, you like to get things sewn up before that to allow for a a ramp-up, if you will, for pitching specifically, but really everybody to try and get their feet wet. So it, it does behoove the parties to get together here and get something ironed out before March, ideally. But again... Deadline spur action. And right now, on January 6, 2022, there really is no pressing deadline. I think both sides see this as, we've got plenty of time. Now, the one thing that gives me pause, and this is not to contradict myself, but it's just to bring you know a, a differing viewpoint to the party. Uh, very interesting article written by Jeff Passan, who is at the front of all of the insider discussions during the pandemic. How is the season going to get off the ground? The labor negotiations between the two parties have gone nowhere. And here we are again, kind of going through the same deal we went through a couple of, well, about a year and a half ago. Here's what Passon had to say about the deal. More than a month into Major League Baseball's lockout, well aware that the league and players haven't had a single substantive negotiating session since the work stoppage began, and that spring training is fast approaching without an iota of progress toward a new CBA, a longtime baseball man very calmly said into his phone earlier this week to Passon, quote, what the F are we doing? Passon would go on to say that the man is not an alarmist. He does have intimate knowledge of how the relationship works between the players and the league, and he just doesn't appear to have a lot of confidence that a deal will get done. So here we are, January 6, 2022. If you turn on Major League Baseball Network on your TV, you will likely see some baseball movies, maybe a couple old playoff games from 1998 and 2018. If you go to MLB.com, you will see a nice history on the best knuckleball pitchers of all time. You do not see anything about Major League Baseball players, current Major League Baseball players. This is the extent of the lockout. Ain't nothing going on anywhere about anything revolving around current Major League Baseball players. Where's your level of optimism with it all? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Coming up next, Jeff Levering, Brewers play-by-play man, is going to join us. want to get his thoughts on where things stand with the lockout in his eye. Just sort of a gut check with Jeff. Also, there has been some activity with the Brewers roster. Who's been the most significant addition, and who will the Brewers miss the most? Just getting started here. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Plenty to get to on tonight's program. Looking forward to having you along for the ride here. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, we will get into some of the player movement. Who's gone? Who will the Brewers miss the most? We'll ask Jeff Levering coming up in here in just a moment. Also, I, I got an email. Uh, it was about a month, maybe a month and a half ago. I was in for Matt on Brewers Weekly. And I tried to end the show with a compilation of some of my favorite Bob Euchre highlights, and it got cut off. We had to cut it off because, well, we were a little up against the news break. So I got an email saying, was that the full thing? Could you play it again? I missed it. I only caught a portion of it. Yes, we will play that, a compilation of some of Bob Euchre's greatest highlights as he prepares for another season behind the mic with the Brewers. And he'll be alongside our next guest, Jeff Levering, joining us, very kind enough to join us uh, here on Brewers Weekly, it is January 6th, Jeff. I hope you are on a flight to Arizona sometime in early February. Uh, but nonetheless, looking outside, 
yeah, it's good to stir up our own little hot stove here and talk a little Brewers baseball. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's fun to be chatting a little bit of baseball when you look outside and you've got snow and, and sleet and ice <laughs> accumulating. Um, yeah, it's, it feels like a good baseball day today. Yeah. About, baseball on January 6th. You know, it's funny is uh, if you wanted to watch – any baseball on MLB Network, you could see, let's see, your 1985 ALCS Game 3 was on today. Uh, you see you've got an Orioles-Yankees game from uh, several years ago. You can watch that. Uh, see, MLB.com has got a feature on the best knuckleballers of all time. It is kind of weird, isn't it, Jeff? Right? I, there's, there's not much activity right now, and this is what we have. We've got to go back into the archives. Yeah, it is kind of fun. So I kind of got sucked into a Brett Saberhagen, Lloyd Mosby at bat a little <laughs> earlier today, which is kind of fun. Um, and you just realize how good Saberhagen's curveball was and his, and his fastball, too. Um, there was a time where I was watching, they, they played three straight Giants clinching World Series games, so 10, 12, and 14. And I got, I got locked into watching all of game number seven of the 2014 World Series. It was just amazing to go back and watch some of those games. It is it is cool to go back and see those things, but I'm, man, we're, we're jonesing for some live content. I know that. Yeah, I remember when the NBA had a lockout, uh, all they did was air reruns of Teen Wolf, and boy, that really got old. <laughs> There's only so much that you can do with, with Teen Wolf. Well, I, they went. To, so they tried Teen Wolf too, and I was just like, "Come on, guys! We just couldn't. We just quit after a great thing." Uh, apparently I know. not. I really. I think a marathon, 24 straight hours of Teen Wolf. It's almost like AMC's The Christmas Story, where they <laughs> they play it back to back to back for a full 24 hours. Uh, I am trying to remain optimistic here, Jeff. I, I look back in history, and lockouts have occurred before, but games have never been missed. And I don't know what that's going to mean for spring training, but. I do feel confident that the regular season is going to begin on time. It's hard to be optimistic, but I guess history is leading me that way. Yeah, I think so, and, and there's no reason not to be optimistic. I know that the two sides are hoping to have conversations coming up here pretty soon and uh, resuming those conversations before the lockout happened 30-some-odd days ago. Um, but I think it's in the best interest of both teams to, to come to an agreement and and get the season started, and whether spring training's a, a week late, um, I think that uh, I, I am optimistic that the regular season does go off without a hitch. That's just my my personal opinion. I kind of wanted to do a little reset here with the Brewers. There was so much activity leading up to the lockout. I mean, it was crazy how much money was being handed out and to whom. We got all sorts of player movement. Now, of course, we're in this quiet period. I, where do the Brewers stand, in your opinion? What else do you think might need addressing before... Uh, the spring training season begins or the regular season begins? Well, I think their pitching's in pretty darn good shape, both in the in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, and, and it was really important for, for those arms to get the innings accumulated last year, and the six-man rotation seemed to be a really smart thing, and it might happen again next year, too, depending on what the Brewers do and, and depending on how the season works out. Um, I think their bullpen's in really good shape. Boy, there was a great article written by Will Salmon in The Athletic about Devin Williams and what he's been going through and, of course, the, the broken hand at the end of last year and how he's processing it and how he's grown up from it. Uh, I thought that was really, really well written, and it spoke volumes to the maturity of Devin, too. Um, and, and with Josh Hader, I mean, one of the most dominant relievers that the game has ever seen in this period of time since 2017 when he debuted, the pitching's in good shape. And, you know, right before the, the lockout happened, the Brewers made a deal sending Jackie Bradley Jr. and a couple of prospects to Boston. 
And Hunter Renfro is a guy that, that I've always liked. Um, he's a former teammate of Brandon Woodruff's in college at Mississippi State, so you've already got some familiarity there. Uh, but the dude has power for days. He is a great outfielder, um, one of the best throwing arms in all of baseball from right field. So the Brewers lost Avi Garcia. He's now a Marlin. But you supplant him with a guy who could hit 30 home runs at any given moment, and in the ballpark that the Brewers play in, he could hit 40 pretty easily. Um, I thought that was a great move to show up right field a bit. You know, first base I think still is a, a bit of a question mark. You see what you do there. Rowdy Telez is an option, of course. Um, but a couple of guys here and there, fill in your bench, fill in your bullpen. Uh, the Brewers don't have a ton of work to do. Um, so that's, that's kind of a nice thing as we, we sit here on January 6th. Brewers radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering joining us on Brewers Weekly. We got you till 9 o'clock tonight. I, I'm always curious to see who starts moving up the prospect ranks as well. Uh, yeah, we got a hint of that, I think, last spring training. We saw Garrett Cooper. We saw some other younger players. Is there anybody that you're keeping an eye on here, Jeff, who could make a jump and impress during spring training to the point where they are relied upon at some point throughout the regular season? You know, I think the nice tease from last year, Greg, was, was Aaron Ashby and what he did in the spring. He go, man, he's, he's at some point going to pitch in the big leagues, and then, boy, did he have that tough major league debut. But then after that, he was pretty darn good for the Brewers, whether he was starting or coming in out of the bullpen. Um, you add that experience coming into 2022, and I, I think the Brewers are very pleased with what they saw from Aaron Ashby. Uh, the, the other guy that, that was impressive in spring training last year and I think is poised to have a really good year this year is Ethan Small, for, uh, former first-round pick a couple of years ago out of Mississippi State. Um, he's got an opportunity. He had some injury problems. He had a hand issue this year, but he went down and pitched in, in Latin America during the offseason, had a good winter ball after finishing the season strong. Um, he'll more than likely start the season in the AAA rotation, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him up in the big leagues at some point, whether he's starting or in that Aaron Ashby, the Corbin Burns of a few years ago, the Brandon Woodruff of a few years ago in that role where he can come up and, and give you two innings out of the bullpen or three innings out of the bullpen or potentially start a game every now and again. Um, Ethan Small is kind of the guy for me that, that is going to open some eyes this year. Who do you think is the most significant loss that the Brewers had this offseason? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think they haven't technically lost them yet, but, but a piece that, that I think was really big for them was Brad Boxberger last year pitching in whatever inning Craig Council wanted him to pitch in. He's a free agent. Of course, he was a non-roster invite to camp last year on a minor league deal, didn't make the team out of spring training. And then he was as valuable a piece out of that Brewers bullpen as you could have had. Um, again, they haven't lost him. Uh, he's still a free agent, but uh, that, that's a guy that that might that might come back. Um, but but that's a guy that, that that was indispensable for the for the team last year. Uh, again, he pitched in every single inning, almost closed a few games, pitched in the eighth, pitched in the seventh, and was was really lights out with the exception of a couple of appearances. Um, that that's kind of the biggest one for me. Of course, you're going to miss Avi. Avi had great production last year. Um, but it kind of cancels out with what Hunter Renfro is going to be able to do in right field, I, I feel like, this year. And, you know, one one guy um, that you, you don't really think about, but the longest-tenured brewer was Manny Pena. Um, you're going to miss his leadership behind the plate, um, maybe starting three times a week or, or two or three times a week, um, getting some big hits. It was great to have in the clubhouse. He really helped Omar Narvaez defensively. 
that that is a big loss, and it, and it will be fe- and it will be felt. And that, and that second catcher spot is going to be really interesting to see where they go this year. Well, Jeff, I appreciate your time, my friend. I, I hope you're on a plane going to Arizona sometime in mid February, right? I know it's like <laughs> clockwork for you, but but hopefully this all gets up and running, and uh, we get Cactus League baseball here leading into the regular season. I think we're all hoping for that. I hope so too, Greg, and uh, hopefully we can get through this winter just fine and our golf swings will be ready to go for for spring training. (laughs) That sounds good, man. Hey, I appreciate your time, Jeff. We'll catch up soon. You got it. See you, Greg. Yep, we'll talk to you soon. That's Jeff Levering, Brewers Radio, play-by-play man. Coming up next, oddsmakers very much are in on the Milwaukee Brewers. I'll explain the latest out of the desert and what has Vegas feeling so confident in a Brewers team Well, you usually don't seem terribly confident in. It's after this. Brewers Weekly continues on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So no one is exactly sure when the 2022 season is going to start, but it hasn't stopped the sports books from projecting which teams will ultimately be contenders. So there's a variety of sites you can go to. I'm just using sportsbetting.ag. They've got odds out for each of the six divisions. And from my takeaway is that a couple of divisions are going to be wide open and a couple are not. And it's going to be uh, perhaps even a, a runaway based upon how the odds look. Uh, also, I think I've got reference here for American League and National League pennant odds as well as the latest World Series numbers. And these are going to change, right? These are the early lines based upon the amount of player movement we've seen leading up to this point. Of course, it's all at a standstill right now as the players are locked out. So no real player movement to speak of, no big splash signings. You can't even find an image of Christian Yelich at MLB.com. Nonetheless, I, the books are in on the Milwaukee Brewers, and it I think has everything to do with their pitching and everybody who's coming back from a team that I thought was talented enough to win the World Series last year. Of course, uh, everything got cut short in that series against Atlanta. I still think the Brewers were the better team. Atlanta played better and ultimately won and earned the win in that particular series, nonetheless. So the Brewers have odds, not runaway odds here, but uh, if you're looking at the money line, they, they have the best odds to win the NL Central, followed very closely by the St. Louis Cardinals, who are followed rather closely by the Cincinnati Reds. And then it's the Grand Canyon, and you've got the Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so it, it does appear to be in the minds of those who pay attention to such things, sort of a three-team race between the Brewers, Cardinals, and the Reds. I see it the same way, and that's just looking on paper and looking at the moves that are made. Now, the Cubs can turn things around pretty quick because... Well, their payroll just allows for it. They can they can make a mistake on a $30 million a year guy and replenish that player the next season. Now, they had a fire sale, so that's the reason their odds are where they are. It's just more questions than answers, I think, with the Chicago Cubs, and the Pirates are still in the rather early stages, I think, of a rebuild. So Brewers, Cardinals, and Reds. I, do you see much separation between those teams? I really don't. And if I had to categorize the three and you know, sort of grade them out, uh, I look at the Brewers as having the best pitching uh, potential for outstanding offense. But again, that's potential, and that does require you know folks like Christian Yelich and even Keston Hira having bounced back seasons. Yeah, you know, the Cardinals are are probably a little more steady on offense, given their corner situation with Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado. That's pretty impressive, right? On any team. Uh, in the Reds, I, I never really know what to make of their offense, but uh, they were surprisingly good on offense last season. Um, and their pitching didn't really take a significant hit. Uh, early on, there were some struggles, but they rounded into form. 
I think the Brewers are the most complete team. The odds reflect it. But this is sort of a new position here for the Brewers. Typically, they are looked at as somewhat of an afterthought or, or maybe at the bottom of that three-team race in the early going. And they find a way to piece things together and usually get hot at the right time uh, and have an outstanding September leading into the postseason. So I just kind of food for thought. Um, it, it just sort of gives you a glimpse as into what the national perspective is on the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, we can. Uh, there are future World Series odds that are out right now. The Dodgers are on top of that list. That is not a surprise. Followed by the Mets, always able to make a big move in New York. Never seems to come together for them, but nonetheless, they can spend. Followed by the Braves. The Astros, the Yankees, the Padres, the White Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Mariners, interestingly enough, are ahead of the Brewers, and so are the Angels. So the Brewers, number 13 on the list. 13 on the list. Put down 100 bucks, and the Brewers win the World Series. You're going to win $2,200. Food for thought. Oddsmakers like the Milwaukee Brewers' chances in the NL Central a little more so than they like their chances to win the National League pennant and the World Series. 855-616-1620, if you would like to join the program here. We do have coming up for you in the second half hour of the program some of the best calls ever by Bob Eucher. I worked at piecing this together a couple of months ago. We got cut short a little bit on time in a recent program, so we didn't get a full chance to air it. We are going to have that chance tonight. We will do it before the end of the program. Also want to get your pulse on who the Brewers might miss the most? Of all the players who have moved on from the Milwaukee Brewers, who will they end up missing the most? 855-616-1620. More Brewers Weekly after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Welcome back to the program. Greg Matz again from Matt Pauly. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. We go till 9 o'clock tonight. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. I asked Jeff Levering the question during our interview, which if you missed, by the way, make sure to check out the podcast. Greg Hill will get it up on our Brewers page at WTMJ.com. I just wondered from Jeff who he thought the Brewers will miss the most next season. Now, there's been a variety of players who have moved on and elected free agency. Eduardo Escobar kind of felt like that was a rental all along when he was acquired from the Diamondbacks last season as part of the stretch drive and playoff run. Well, he's now a member of the New York Mets. Manny Pena is gone. He's now a member of the Atlanta Braves. And Avi Garcia, elected free agency, and he signed a pretty mega deal. So uh, some talented players, some familiar names have moved on, and there will be more. Not everybody has found a home just yet, but those who elected free agency, some pretty key members out of the bullpen. Jeff mentioned Brad Boxberger. He was outstanding. After not making the team out of spring training, he ended up not only with the team but providing a, an incredible value to the team and an incredible role as a, a late-inning guy out of the bullpen. He was a reliable contributor in the Brewers' bullpen for Craig Council. And then I referenced some of the young guys. So when I go through the process of trying to figure out who the Brewers will miss the most, one component is the numbers and the role they provided on the team last season. But I also look to see, okay, so who's, who's the suitable replacement? Who's going to backfill the player who left? And 
In the case of Avi Garcia, he is being backfilled essentially by Hunter Renfro. Now the Brewers have kind of a log jam in the outfield. Uh, they have more starting caliber outfielders than maybe anybody in Major League Baseball. Uh, and they're, by the way, growing by leaps and bounds in the minor league system as well. Guys are moving through the system rather quickly, and uh, there's some high-ranking prospects in the Brewers minor league system who play in the outfield. But the immediate answer, I think, is Hunter Renfro. So uh, here's a guy who hit you know, 33 doubles. He had 96 RBI last year. He played for the Boston Red Sox, used to the big moment, never shied away from that kind of stuff. He had time at the Rays in 2020 and the Padres before that. He's still relatively young at the age of 29. And, oh, by the way, he hit 31 home runs last season in 520 at-bats. That's outstanding production. Uh, not a great outfielder, does have a good arm. So you're not looking at him for a defensive replacement. He's a bat. He's a bat you plug into the lineup and you expect production. And if he can give you uh, anything right around what Avi Garcia did, I think you lose a little in terms of defensive prowess, but you make up for it with his offense. So to me, the answer to the question is not Avi Garcia, because I look at the suitable replacement and I say, okay, that that works. That works. There's going to be plenty of at-bats for Hunter Renfro. I'm waiting to see what happens with the Brewers' bullpen, but my initial answer to the question, and you might roll your eyes out there, but it's Manny Pena. I love Manny Pena. He was one of the first players acquired by David Stearns when he took over as GM of the Milwaukee Brewers. Two of the first moves David Stearns made was finding Junior Guerra somewhere and trading K-Rod for Manny Pena. And I think he got K-Rod back at some point, not too long after that. So uh, that's how things work. But he had been with the Brewers since the David Stearns era began. You know, think about that. So incredibly valuable backup catcher backing up Omar, uh, Omar Narvaez, who had an all-star season last year. But catcher is brutal, right? You get beat up. You can't play every game. Day games after a night game, probably not. You've got catchers who are specialists and catch one certain pitcher because the pitcher just has a great rapport with that catcher, loves how he sets up, loves how the signs are put down. There's a variety of things that go into it. The numbers never jump off the page for Manny Pena. But every time he was going to fire a ball down to second base, I felt like whoever was running, trying to steal second, was done. It just gave you tremendous confidence behind the plate. Just sort of a defensive uplifter. Uh, And to Narvaez's credit, he got better at that last season. But Manny Pena is a guy that I will miss. Just seeing him in the locker room, when we were able to be in the locker room, he's a guy who sparks the locker room. He's an entertaining guy, controls the music for a cross-section of the folks who are in that, uh, in that locker room, and was just a great teammate. All in all, just an absolutely great teammate. So good for Manny Pena for finding a deal with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that'll be a nice situation for him. But I'll miss him because uh, you look at who the Brewers have acquired here, and, and they've made some moves to shore up the catching. Um, but it, it seems like there are more questions than answers at a position where last year the biggest question was, can Ovar Narvaez have a bounce-back season? And he answered that question. He certainly did have a bounce-back season. If you have any thoughts, weigh in, 855-616-1620. I I brought up some of the young guys with Jeff and the prospect watch. The Brewers' top prospect list, uh, it's got some names on it that you're going to be familiar with. Garrett Mitchell is at the top of the list. I think I called him Garrett Cooper in my interview with Jeff. My mistake. Wrong Garrett. Uh, but Garrett Mitchell, the young draft pick out of UCLA, was unbelievable during spring training and is starting to move quickly here. He is the Brewers' top prospect. And Baseball America puts a projected 
appear in the major leagues date of 2022. So they think he's going to break through to the big league club at some point in this season. We'll see. That would be great because that means he is rocking and rolling at the minor league level, which he certainly did a year ago after an outstanding spring training. All right, coming up on the other side, by popular demand, the greatest calls in the history of the Hall of Fame career of Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker's greatest calls. We'll play them for you after this on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Welcome back to the program. It is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Greg Matzik in for Matt Pauley. Uh, not sure if you saw this. This, uh, I mean, be careful when you bite the hand that feeds you, I guess, is the, the takeaway from this. So everybody knows Ken Rosenthal. If you follow baseball, you likely know who Ken Rosenthal is. He is a Major League Baseball insider. He writes for The Athletic. You see him on TV for the MLB on Fox, or he's dugout reporter, uh, and he has regular appearances on the MLB network. I mean, he's all over the place. He is an insider, but he's one of those guys who uh, he is so plugged in that other people, other outlets, other media outlets come after him to contribute, and that's where The Athletic has come in. So, you know, recently, the last couple of years, Ken Rosenthal has had a column for The Athletic, which is a, an outstanding website. They do a great job. Well, I, Ken Rosenthal was very much critical, to put it mildly, about how Rob Manfred handled things during the pandemic. And I don't know if that started the angst or started the, uh, I don't know, the back and forth or, or the division between Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, and Rosenthal. But whatever it was, it has certainly boiled over. MLB fired Ken Rosenthal for being critical over Rob Manfred, is how I read it. And this happened a few days ago. He's not totally out of a job. He'll be around baseball, no doubt about that. He still writes for The Athletic, and I don't know, he's so plugged in that he'll likely end up with another job somewhere. Uh, Rosenthal's tweet from January 3rd says, Can't confirm MLB Network has decided not to bring me back. I'm grateful for the more than 12 years I spent there, enduring friendships with on-air personalities, producers, and staff. I always strove to maintain my journalistic integrity, and my work reflects that. Major League Baseball is not commenting on the whole deal, but it's pretty easy to know where this uh, this stems from, uh, as Rosenthal was highly critical of Rob Manfred for how he handled situations during the pandemic. So a division between the commissioner and the MLB personality, and the commissioner won out. On a happier thought, Bob Uecker will be back behind the microphone calling Brewers home games this year. Looking forward to having Bob back. So a couple of months ago when I was filling in for Matt, I pieced together a a compilation reel, some of my favorite highlights, some stuff you've probably not heard, maybe haven't heard in a long, long time, but some of the best highlights from Bob Uecker's incredible Hall of Fame career. Unfortunately, that show got cut a little short, so we had to cut the segment short. And uh, I received an email. I have not forgotten about you, Dave and Cudahy. You wanted to hear the full thing. So it's back by popular demand. Some of Bob Uecker's greatest calls. Hey, what else are you going to do? It's a uh, Thursday night. It's four degrees outside. There's snow. There's ice. We don't know when baseball's coming back. Why not just sit back, settle in, and listen to Bob? And the pitch to Pauly is lined to center. Get down, ball. Lynn coming on. He can't get it. The ball got by him. 
all the way to the wall. It could be an inside the park home run. Jackson, the pickup, the throw. Monitor coming on. He is in standing. And it is four to two on an inside the park home run by Paul Monitor. Leads the pitch. Is hit over Cooper's head to right a base hit. Here is Reggie turning second, trying for third. Moore's going to have a play on him. The throw in time to get Jackson. Oh, what a throw by Moore. Charlie Moore, he was right on line to monitor, and Molly was waiting for Jackson when he got there. It's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Thousands of people streaming on to the field at Coney Stadium! It is absolute pandemonium! The pitch, a swing and a fly ball, right field and deep, get up! Back in against Mesa, who is working from the windup. The 0-1 pitch. Swings and there it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it! 3,000 for Robin! He's down. Swing and a drive! Right center and deep! Get up! Get out of here!
pitch to Votto, swinging a fly ball, hit to center and deep. Gomez at the wall and leap. Nuno deals, this one is hit in the air to right center, deep, way back, get up, get out of here, gone for Maldonado, he just hit a walk off out of here, and this one is over, here it is, swinging and a fly ball in the center, back, warning track, leaping, and he got it! just brought one back in the ballpark. Randall Gritchick hit one to dead center. Broxton drifting back to the wall. Timed his lead perfectly and brought it back in here. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run in the right center field. No doubt about that one on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Ryan Braun! He just hit a walk-off out of here! And the Brewers have come from behind to beat the Cardinals back home run with two outs in the ninth inning. Ryan Braun wins it with a walk-off. Yelich tied it and Braun does it and the Brewers come from behind to beat St. Louis. Oh, great stuff. So many more great calls expected from Bob Euchre in this upcoming season. So many great calls from last year, too. We've got a couple of the moments of the year we'll close out the program with. On the other side, it's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Wrapping up the program here on a chilly Thursday night. Happy to have you along for Brewers Weekly. Matt Pauley will be back again next week. I don't think we'll be any closer to a uh, resolution here with Major League Baseball and uh, the labor strike. So players remain locked out. Uh, I find it hilarious that old games are being shown on MLB Network. And if you go to MLB.com, it's all about what awaits future stars and who are the best knuckleball pitchers of all times, the best swings from the all-time greats, legends of the game, Hank Aaron tribute, Stuff about movies that include Ferris Bueller's Day Off, best baseball scenes from non-baseball films. That's where we're at right now on the website. Nonetheless, deadline spur action. I am optimistic. Most of the people who chimed into our poll, let's see, 62% are pessimistic the season will begin on time. I do hope you're wrong, and I do think this regular season will begin on time. And I hope spring training does as well. I'm not quite as optimistic about that. 
Appreciate you coming along for the ride. If you missed any of the program, check it out, the podcast, online at WTMJ.com. The news is next on WTMJ.